Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Think the public perception of the president's handling the economy is so poor compared to the numbers you were citing? Well, that's one poll, and I've seen uh, other public opinion surveys that have indicated uh, that there's a, a closer approximation between the actual reality of the incredible job that President Biden has done with respect to the economy. That's Hakeem Jeffries lying to Chuck Todd and lying to you about the incredible job Joe Biden has done on the economy. Just no shame from Hakeem Jeffries. I mean, that's the job, though. You want to lead the Democrats in the House of Representatives, these are the things you got to say. The incredible job Joe Biden has done. That is is just precious right there. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. We have got a lot on Joe Biden, including some of that polling to the extent that you believe the polling, but it isn't about me. It's about people like George Stephanopoulos. I'm going to get to that in a second, but more information is coming out about this guy who ran people over outside of a shelter for homeless people in Brownsville. That's in Texas. Eight people were murdered. Of course, there was a shooting that took place at a mall. We're still trying to get information about that. But the police had a press conference. This guy was not cooperating, wouldn't give a name, wouldn't allow himself to be fingerprinted, wouldn't allow a mugshot. I don't know how you don't allow a mugshot. But they have it now, and they have a name. The name I'm not going to use, but they posted next to this guy's face his criminal history. Two accounts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. One assault against an elderly or disabled person. One assault causing bodily injury to a family member. One assault of a public servant. Two burglary, two charges or two counts or two cases. I don't know how they describe it. Burglary of a vehicle. One assault uh, causing bodily injury. Two uh, counts of criminal mischief. This isn't what we're talking about with the murder of eight people. This is his rap sheet. One driving while intoxicated. One evading arrest detention. One interference with public duties. One obstruction or retaliation. One possession of marijuana. Less than uh, two. I can't read what that is. Three resisting arrest, search, or transport. One theft of property. Greater than $50, but less than $500. This is this guy's story. This guy who murdered eight. From the picture, one can make the assumption that he is Hispanic, but I will gladly wait. From the name which has been put out there, one can make the assumption that this murderer is Hispanic. I will gladly wait. But I had the updates and I wanted to, I wanted to share that with you as quickly as I could. Just like I want to share this about Joe Biden, who did an interview with MSNBC. And this interview is something else. Like, for example, why does he have such...
bad polling numbers. Why do you think your polling is where it is? Well, I don't think, people, by the way, every major one who won re-election, their polling numbers were mine are now. Put polling aside no. then, right? Sentiment in this but, country, despite all these wins, is not very good. I think all they've heard is negative news for three years. Everything is negative. I'm not being critical of the press, but you turn on the television, the only way you're going to get a hit is if there's something negative. You, you know, you don't. Anyway. You see, you see, you press people, you only do the negative. That's right. MSNBC and CNN are wholly negative of you. That's, that's remarkable. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about this poll that came out. This is an ABC poll. And this is George Stephanopoulos reporting on it. President Biden pushing back on questions about his age from Stephanie Rule as he bids for re-election. It's just one of the big challenges he faces now, more revealed by our brand new poll. Political director Rick Klein here to break it down. And Rick, this poll is just brutal for President Biden. This poll is just brutal for President Biden. I wonder what it says. Absolutely, George. And you talked earlier about that record low approval rating for President Biden. It's actually six points down just since February. And the skepticism over his leadership extends deep inside his own party. Only 36 percent of Democrats think that their party should nominate Joe Biden for a second term. Fifty eight percent say they would uh, support someone else or prefer someone else. That's despite the fact that the entire DNC and most of the Democratic establishment has rallied behind President Biden. And you're seeing real weaknesses in the coalition that Powered Joe Biden to the presidency back in, in 2020. Biden carried independence by 13 points against Donald Trump. He is now trailing Trump by nine points among those same voters. He carried black voters by 75 points in 2020. Now he is up just 35. That may sound like a lot, but the fact of the matter is, in, in modern politics, that is not the kind of number that a Democrat needs to be victorious. No, no, it's not. It's an interesting thing about black voters. The story was that, yeah, they're going to vote for for Biden, but they're just not going to be excited about it. Well, I, I think the question would be, why, why are you voting for him? Seriously, why? What what has he, he done for you? Isn't that the question? What makes you think he cares about, wait for it, people like you? That not that how they asked the question? I'm pretty sure that's how they asked the question. There was a, there was a, a, a bit of polling that, that uh, here, here it is. No, that's not it. I know I've got it somewhere. That black voters will vote for him, but they're not excited about it. He hasn't given anybody anything to be excited about. Here it is. It was a News Nation story. I knew I had it. You doubted me. How dare you? The whole story is about how nobody actually wants him. Let me be clear about this. Nobody actually wants him. The Democratic Party doesn't want him. But what what does that matter? This is the best they can do. They made their decision. Based on the State of the Union, where Joe Biden was a little bit awake and was able to do a little uh, back and forth. He was able to, to push with Republicans there.
Okay. Well, that showed them that, all right, maybe, just maybe, he cannot totally embarrass us. And besides, we have no one else. We have no one else. We've been saying this now for months, and you're starting to understand how true it is. But the polling doesn't lie in this case. The polling actually shows the reality. Nobody, it's not just black voters, nobody's interested. And they continue. And then, of course, that that does spill over into the head-to-head matchup, the hypothetical rematch, Trump versus Biden. Right now, a seven-point edge in our poll from uh, in Trump leading Biden. And, and, and in fact, it's an identical number with Ron DeSantis in a head-to-head that might happen next November. That tells us at this very early stage, George, that this race is shaping up a lot more about the incumbent president, Joe Biden, than it is about any of his challengers. Bad news. Because the political left is desperate to make this about Trump, all Trump, nothing but Trump. But allow me to go back to this interview that was done with MSNBC. Because a couple of of fascinating things happened in this interview. And one of those things was the fact that Joe Biden wants you to know that you're you're doubting him because you're just you're just not on his level. Why would an 82-year-old Joe Biden be the right person for the most important job in the world? Cuz I've acquired a hell of a lot of wisdom. I know more than the vast majority of people. I'm more experienced than anybody's ever run for the office, and I think I've proven myself to be honorable as well as also effective. Honorable? Huh. But wisdom, heh, I know more than the vast majority of people. That's a, that's a statement right there. The vast majority of people are going to have to ask themselves whether or not they think he knows more. And then he did a very Joe Biden thing. The question being asked, the staff tries to interrupt It all happens kind of quick. Listen. And you talk about fighting for the soul of America. But can we level set in terms of the soul of America right now? Hate crimes are on the rise. Random acts of gun violence. Women are under attack. Mr. President. I'll do one. That was a staffer interrupting and she's asking a legitimate question i don't i don't know her name she's asking a legitimate question if you tell me it's a battle for the soul of america here's here's what's happened in three years of your presidency boom 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 the guy interrupts and he says i'm going to answer this one and the answer is yes because that's why we can't let well um, we cannot let this election be one where the same man who was president four years ago uh, becomes president again now, listen to that again. I'll, I'll do one. The answer is yes, because that's why we can't let. Well, um, we cannot. That's why we can't let. Well, um, that's why we can't let. Well, um, did he say we can't let Obama win again? Was he trying? Did he say that and then have to correct himself? That's where people are going with it. I, I, I'll leave it to others. 
kind of sounds like that's what he was saying. It kind of sounds like that's what he was saying. But I think the big line comes when he's talking about Hunter. First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. You trust him. You trust Hunter. I didn't say you didn't love your son. Of course you love your son. You trust him? You trust him. That's saying something. Now, this ties into a pretty interesting back and forth between Juan Williams and the former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, on Fox News, where the progressive Juan Williams starts with this commentary. The Trump family. So is there a double standard here? When I call out the Trump family? Well, you're saying that... When I know about... That's not the clip. I thought that was the clip. I've got it. I've got the clip. I know I do. I know I do. Dang it. There are facts. Nah. Let me tell you. <laughs> I swear to you, I've got three clips. I had three choices. I, uh, yeah. Maybe I got it right now. We know Hunter Biden's an addict. We know he's an alcoholic. We know he's had sex addiction problems. We know he's not the son you would have. But Joe Biden has acted as a father trying to protect his son and trying to help his son. I don't think anyone's going to fault him for that. But you compare that to the graft and the grifting for Trump golf courses, Trump hotels, uh, Chinese shoe deals with the daughter, the son-in-law getting billions uh, from the Saudis. It's unbelievable. Even this week, you have to compare it to the trouble we've heard about in New York with a sexual assault case against Trump. But this is what Hunter Biden has come down to now. He is a distraction, a shield against all the trouble that Trump is, is experiencing. Now, wait a second. You can say anything you want about Donald Trump. It's not going to upset me any. And you can even question uh, deals. But it's a shield? It's a shield? No, 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 no. Speaker Gingrich. There are facts. The widow of the Moscow mayor sent millions of dollars to Hunter Biden. He got money from Kazakhstan. He got money from Ukraine and served in a board about which he knew nothing. He got a lot of money from China. And it's a fact, Juan, that there were $3 million that has been disclosed that went to the Biden family from a Chinese billionaire. That is a fact. Now, you, you can decide that none of this stuff matters. No. The fact is you had the vice president of the United States taking his son on Air Force Two into China where his son was making business deals. And you just described his son. You, you, your language. He's a sex addict. He's an alcoholic. What does He's that say? Is that an so, attack on, is that a, a pre- you're attacking the, the president? No, it, He's not the president. No, He's the son. Your description what I'm saying to you is that nepotism is not a crime. A you look at the no, nepotism no, no, no. in every president, in every famous but family, but you, that's not a crime. Now, Juan Williams interrupting doesn't help his case. But Juan Williams wants to make the claim that everything about Hunter, who Joe Biden says did nothing wrong, is only a conversation as a way to keep people from talking about or is a way utilized by Trump to go after Joe. As if somehow Hunter and Joe aren't connected. And Newt Gingrich makes that connection perfectly. The Trump family. So is there a double standard here? 
when I call out the Trump family? Well, you're saying that when I know about I know I don't know about it. Look, I think you have a son, uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, who might make some business deals. Newt describes this as millions flowing to the family, kind of a, you know, amorphous. But I know specifically of two billion dollars that went to Jared Kushner. Nobody's going to argue about that. All right. My other point is, if you listen to his description of Hunter, why would anyone invest in Hunter? They were investing in Joe. That's the facts. How Newt sums that up, regardless of what you think of Trump, which is fine. The only reason anybody invested in Hunter Biden was to get to Joe. It's the only reason. And you may love your son, but for all the problems he has that have been well laid out, trust. Well, we don't have trust in him. And he is a liability for Joe going forward. I'm Tony Katz. The United States, via Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg, they think airlines should be forced to engage compensation for meals and hotel rooms if passengers are stranded within the airline's control. So what the Biden administration has said is, we're going to force the airlines to improve customer service. Okay, can't wait to see how this happens. When an airline causes a flight cancellation or delay, passengers should not foot the bill, according to Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg. Can't do anything about supply chain, but he can make sure the roads are not racist, whatever that means, and uh, then force, uh, force the people, force these businesses into providing these services, which, of course, will come back as a cost to us. We are the ones who are going to pay. Us. Would anybody be surprised by this? Because anybody surprised by this is out of their mind. You will pay. They have to provide more, you will pay. They have to put you in the hotel room, you will pay. I am not arguing that they shouldn't do what is right. That if they're the ones who are screwing with you, they're the ones who double booked you, I'm not arguing that the airlines are doing everything right. I am stating the fact that this is going to cost us the biggest problem with airlines is that it always costs us we're the ones who pay we do the bailouts and then we have to pay oh you want a piece of luggage you pay for that you want a carry-on you pay for that you want to have some room in your seat you pay for that and now it'll be this this will not just get picked up by airlines This will just make the airlines more quickly say, we need more bailout money, and we'll pay again. I think those are the facts. Those are the gross facts, but those are the facts. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.
We all have to remember that the head of the Proud Boys, his name is Enrique Tarrio. The Proud Boys is a white nationalist group. Look, being Hispanic or being black does not, or being anything, does not make you immune from being racist, from being radicalized, from being a white supremacist, from being evil, from being homicidal. And we are seeing it over and over again. I am so thankful to Anna Navarro for letting us all know that a black person or a Hispanic person or an Asian person uh, can be racist. I was told that this was impossible. I was told that this could not be. That the head of the Proud Boys, his name is Enrique Tarrio. The Proud Boys is a white nationalist group. Look, being Hispanic or being black does not, or being anything, does not make you immune from being racist, from being radicalized, from being a white supremacist, from being evil, from being homicidal. And we are seeing it over and over again. There are people, you know, they they don't see themselves as what they are. Yeah. And spit they, it out. Well, it's too long to get spit it. Spit it out. No, I was just going to say, I mean, well, we'll come back. No, spit it out. Don't, don't worry, it's too long to explain. Sorry. We'll do it another well, day. Gonna... Whoopi Goldberg was not upset with Alyssa Farah. Why not just do what I tell you to? This is my show, Alyssa, and you'll do what you're told. We could have picked anybody to be in your chair and slap around on a daily basis. We chose you. So answer the question. Music or not. Anna Navarro just told you that black people can be racist. Don't get angry with me. Get angry with Anna Navarro. <laughs> Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is just, that is just great and wonderful and terrific. You know, with uh, the the stories that we've been sharing about the the uh, murders, uh, the, the the shooting that took place in 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 outside of Dallas and Allen and uh, at at the uh, outlet malls there, what we know about this guy who has a very long criminal record, who ran over, murdered eight people, and injured nearly a dozen more. Um. Uh, do these things fit narrative? Do they not fit narrative? And of course, there's the people saying, my gosh, you have to get rid of all the guns. And then there are the people because the the shooter um, supposedly was wearing a uh, patch that would associate him with a white nationalist group, even though uh, the shooter has been identified, I, I believe, as or is believed to be Hispanic based on what we know of his identification and how those two things come together. But anything to move a narrative. Anything to move a narrative, and of course they want the narrative to be uh, white equals bad. I mean, we hear this a lot. I think it, it's silly. Uh, where where Anna Navarro is right is that anybody can be radicalized. I think that's true. I think that if we if we were sitting you and me in the bar stool uh, over a bourbon, we'd agree with that. We have seen this this happen. People can indeed be radicalized. That's true. But yet there are some people who profit off of divisions and that profit leads them to say things like, oh, no, 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 only you are guilty. Only you are the problem. Only you are bad. Only you are a bigot. And everything you do is bigoted. And even if you disagree, that's just proof of your fragility. 
You're not allowed to have an argument. You're not allowed to have a debate. You're not allowed to disagree. The only thing you can do is sit there and admit your guilt, and hopefully somebody else will say, okay, that's enough abuse for you. The belief is your job is to sit and be abused until somebody else decides that you have had enough. For if you stand up for yourself or question, well, that's just more proof of how bigoted you are. That's a really ugly way to run a society. And while we discuss these, this shooting uh, that took place in Texas, and while we discuss this uh, murder in, in, uh, near Brownsville, where this man with this long criminal history, um, at least from, from name and from the photo, the belief is he's Hispanic, but how would you know? I'll let others make that call, meaning I'll wait for an official statement, right? Why not be that guy? Although my eyes work my ears work, I can surmise, but I'll wait. I've never had a problem with waiting. Um, They'll talk about these events, and really they'll talk about the shooting and they won't pay attention to the other one. But they won't talk about the fact that in my beloved Indianapolis, five people were shot and killed over the weekend. It's not going to get discussed. They're not going to discuss the murders in Chicago. As a matter of fact, if you discuss murders in Chicago, you're racist. What about this story that you have not heard anything about? Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we are heard on, uh, on weekends on KRMG, and uh, the governor of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, uh, is scheduled to be on the show later this week. A man allegedly shot and killed two men. So man A shoots two people, no connection to them uh, uh, at all. He's homeless went into a library at 9.40 in the morning, walked up behind a man sitting at a desk, and shot him in the back of the head. After that, he went to a convenience store nearby and shot another man in the back of the head. This guy also shot at a security guard and another person outside the convenience store. Officers arrive, and this guy admits that he shot two people. He's been charged with two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of shooting with the intent to kill, and one count of malicious intimidation or harassment. Now, I have left out key parts of this story. The murderer in this case is black, the two men who were shot and killed are white, and according to the Tulsa County District Attorney, who I I hope I pronounced the name right, Steve Kunzweiler, the evidence suggests that the murderer shot both men because they were white. There was no elaboration to that. The information suggests that race played a role in it. That's what he said to a local CBS affiliate, KOTV. I feel like this is something we can prove, and it is something that a judge or jury obviously needs to listen to. So we will present that information along with everything else. This murderer is now being held without bond uh, as prosecutor state for safety of the public. You heard this here. You heard me talk about it. Now mark down the day and the time.
The day you heard me talk about this, because you could be listening to the radio show, you could be listening uh, to the podcast, which you, you can find uh, at Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcast, and you should subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate it. Write down the day and write down the time. And then ask yourself, after two weeks, put a little reminder in your phone, have you heard anything else about the story? And then uh, a month, two months, three months, four months, six months, have you heard anything else about the story? Will this story get national attention? I thought hate crimes mattered. I thought hate crimes mattered. I thought we were supposed to pay attention to them. I thought we were supposed to focus on them and fight against them. Now, if you know me at all, you know I don't believe in hate crimes in in the slightest. A crime is a crime is a crime is a crime, and it's not more of a crime because of the group that it is perpetrated upon. I'm Jewish. It's not more of a crime because somebody attacks my father than if somebody attacks your non-Jewish father. That's not more of a crime. Well, Tony, what was the intent? What do you mean the intent was the crime? If you tell me, well, your your father's Jewish and the, the guy meant to attack a Jewish guy, okay. But if you talk to me about hate crimes, you're talking to me to, uh, about the road down to thought policing, and I don't want to do it. There are people out there who hate me because I'm Jewish. There are people out there who hate other people because they're black or gay or Christian or whatever. And I just don't want to police their mind. Now, the actions, well, that could be different. Certainly this guy who committed murder, I want him to go to jail. But we are told time and time and time again that this guy... This murderer in Tulsa, he can't be racist because black people are the ones who are oppressed and therefore being the dynamic of power, a black person can't be racist. Thank you, Anna Navarro. The Proud Boys is a white nationalist group. Look, being Hispanic or being black does not, or being anything, does not make you immune from being racist, from being radicalized, from being a white supremacist, from being evil, from being homicidal. That's correct. 100% accurate is Anna Navarro. I said it out loud. I meant it. Remain calm, people. Remain calm. All is well. It's just the way it is. Sometimes awful people do awful things for awful reasons. And anybody who's going to tell me that this guy wasn't a racist, well, you can. You're going to tell me he's mentally ill? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on the mentally ill. I'm there. The problem is mentally ill is not an excuse. We have turned mentally ill into an excuse. And we have turned mentally ill into this idea that you should not respond. This story of Jordan Neely in New York is growing because people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez are angry that you are not being violent enough about it. Screaming and yelling that Jordan Neely absolutely should not have been killed in New York when he was choked to death by this Marine 
because he was threatening and intimidating people. You're going to give me your money. You're going to do this. I'm tired of being poor. He was screaming and yelling. He was known to police and others. He would do busking in the in the subways. Well, he was dancing, actually, not singing. I don't know if they they don't call both busking or not. Um, but uh, did a very very good impression. But he was screaming people, yelling at people, intimidating people, and this guy on the train said, oh, no, I'm going to put him in a chokehold and stop him. Jordan uh, uh, Jordan Neely died. And it's an awful, awful story. The left has decided no justice, no peace. How dare this happen? This was just a guy trying to get food. This was just a guy trying to survive. This was an MSNBC commentator on the subject. Experts actually point out that people experiencing homelessness or mental illness are actually at a greater risk of being harmed themselves than of harming others. And there's another factor that we cannot ignore here. That, of course, is Jordan Neely's race. Of course it is. Of course it is. How could you not bring up the fact that Jordan Neely was black and this Marine was white? Oh, you have to bring that up. Research has shown that people often see black men as larger and more threatening than their white counterparts. Had Neely been a white man suffering from a mental health crisis on that subway car Monday afternoon, one can't help but wonder if he'd still be alive today. Great journalism. He was threatening people. He was intimidating people. And your answer is, that's okay. Now, I'm going to share more of what this guy said. He absolutely positively believes it's okay. I don't want Jordan Neely dead. But in our society, we have to allow for the threats. We have to wait for the physical assault before we respond to the intimidation. Now, I want you to hear what he has to say, because his argument is we have to do more for people having these mental health issues. We have to care more for them. But I want you to listen. Look, any New Yorker, myself included, can tell you about a time they may have felt uncomfortable on a subway car. It's part of life in New York City. But in that instance, what most of us do is simply get up and move to the next car, possibly even call for help at the next stop. You do not take it upon yourself to put someone, someone who by all accounts did not put his hands on anyone that day in a deadly chokehold for 15 minutes. Now we can argue about the chokehold. But isn't it fascinating that a person who says this person was having a mental health crisis, this person needed help, then says, but I'm not going to deliver that help. I'm going to move to another car. I'm going to get away from the problem. Let somebody else deal with it. What about the person who couldn't get away? What about the person who can't so easily get up? What about the person who was just scared? Frightened? Because this guy was yelling and screaming and intimidating people and threatening people. They couldn't just get up. Your move, MSNBC guy... Your move, the people screaming, how dare you kill Jordan Neely? I don't like the fact that this happened. I don't like the fact that the guy died. But why are we excusing the behavior? Why are we somehow just saying, oh, mental illness, got to deal with it. It's life in New York City, just the way it is. Why? Why should we normalize the idea that some people should be threatened and intimidated? That seems 
illogical. It seems irrational. It seems ugly, and it seems like a failed society. There's a lot to discuss in this story. But my gosh, these hot takes are just the worst. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is down 71. The NASDAQ is up 17. And the most unsurprising story of the day, outlook for household spending slumped in April. No crap. It was a survey of consumer expectations. Shows that the outlook for spending fell by a half a percentage point to a rate of 5.2%, the lowest rate since September of 2021. You know why people aren't spending? They don't have the money. The interest rates are too high. The inflation is too high. And they've said they've done all the spending they're going to do. Now, this runs contrary to anecdotal data. Where I see people shopping all the time. I see them buying everything. And I'm like, how do they do it? How do they do it? One of the things they're not buying is Bud Light, though. We finally have data. And the data tells a story. Plus, I'm supposed to talk to David Fleming, who's the executive editor over at Whiskey Advocate. Whiskey Fest is coming up in Chicago. I'm I'm going. I'm going. Uh, and, and you should go. Uh, the future of whiskey. Speaking of people who were spending and now aren't. We'll talk about that up next. This is Tony Katz today.